What's up in the legal tech world? Find out in the Lex Factor briefs. Quick hits on the latest happenings in the industry and discussion from your Lex Factor hosts around their potential impacts on business. Feed your brain and empower your firm at the same time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Lex Factor Briefs. It's your host, Lauren, here. And your co-host, interim co-host, should I say, Yale. Yale. Yale, actually, you know, I know you've been on a few times, but does everybody know your role here at Lexicon? Did you go down that path? Uh, I have gone down that path, but I'm certainly Let's do it again. I'm certainly willing to rehash ah, it. I, talk about myself. It's that's a- right. Uh, I am uh, the senior development strategist for Lexicon. So basically, that's like a fancy term for uh, diagnostician. Uh, technician, kind of a, a, a fix-it guy. And it's not necessarily <laughs> that I'm going in and repairing broken systems or anything like that, but uh, I'm working with clients on how to refine and retool and to make a good thing even better. So uh, I was uh, an attorney. Well, I'm still an attorney. I maintain my licensure, <laughs> but I was a practicing attorney for about 17 years. Uh, I did uh, 10 years of uh, litigation and then moved into various management roles and then executive management roles. Uh, And then uh, I worked for an institutional client where I managed outside litigation. So I've kind of worn the hat and walked in the shoes of the litigator, of the manager, of the partner, and of a client. So uh, who better to bring a multifaceted perspective to other law firms when trying to help them develop their business and develop their people than somebody like me. So that's what I do at Lexicon. Well, I'm impressed. So, <laughs> I mean, just take it over from here. I'm nobody, you know? Well, I didn't, I, <laughs> I, I, I have a considerably less experience on the podcasting side. Uh, Not that I okay. haven't done that on the side. I feel like but, you're kind of an on-air type of guy, but, right? Uh, well, I have been. <laughs> I, I, I used to have a radio show, but it had absolutely nothing to do with the legal industry. <laughs> and probably the less that's said about that, the better. Oh, God. All right. So we'll, we'll stick to legal then today so you can, you know. Live Your Dreams in the Legal Industry Podcast World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so today's article that we're talking about, it's actually uh, your firm's culture can impact your planned tech tech innovations, and here's how. So I thought it was a really interesting article. Obviously, we talk about technology a lot. We talk about culture a lot, but I don't think we talk about them together too much. And I think usually uh, you think about technology first and how it influences your firms, but this was a lot more about how the culture really drives innovation and technology and allows for successful change and implementation in your firm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, technology isn't brought in to change culture. Technology is brought in um, to enhance the business. And where culture really fits into it is you have to take the temperature of your institution in order to find the best strategy for implementing whatever technology changes that you're going to make. So you have to figure out, number one, 
what's the best form of technology, both in hardware and software, uh, that's going to fit your culture? And then how do you bring your team or teams around that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to figure out how to sell the old WIFM. Uh, what's in it for me? It's an acronym, WIFM. It's not like a new cleaning uh, product I was or thinking something like, like that. Whiffing, you know. Yeah, or yeah, a no. Swiffer. I was yeah, thinking yeah, yeah, a Swiffer. Yeah. How do you keep your technology clean? Well, you, use, swiffer, a, you yeah. use a Swiffer. No, WIFMs. It, no, please an, don't do that, guys. No, uh, it's an acronym for what's in it for me. It's not, you know, it's it's getting people kind of rallied around the notion that you're not being replaced by technology technology is the tool that is going to help you enhance your value, whether that's through increased productivity, increased efficiency, uh, or expanding your existing skill set. So that's, you've got to figure out, you know, what, what your people find important and then leveraging those things to bring the technology in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally agree there. And the article talks a lot too about, a, a culture, a firm that actually puts importance on their staff and the commitment to the growth of staff is going to have an easier time adopting new technology, which if you think about it, you're like, well, that makes sense. You know, people are happier. They're thriving. They see that they're valued. They see that they're not being replaced. And they see that, you know, the company has goals that they want to meet and they're going to do so by working as a team. So, you know, it really does make sense if you think about it. And um, as you go through the article, it talks a little bit about creating a culture shift, which, you know, obviously I like. We always try to actually give takeaways, and I appreciate that the article does that because sometimes you read a couple pages and you're like, what do I do now? I don't know. Um, but it does cover a few areas of how you can create that culture shift in your firm. And the first one really is to encourage collaboration across teams. I mean, I think that's pretty straightforward collaboration. We all know the benefits of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be collaboration in, you know, we're going to involve all of our different verticals in solving a particular problem. Collaboration can be just kind of an exchange uh, of ideas and best practices and things like that, because sometimes there are uh, strategic and problem-solving skills and brainstorming skills that it really doesn't matter what the the substantive subject matter is. It's just kind of uh, exchanging how you go about solving problems, how you go about innovating and things like that. And that kind of collaborative discussion can help people look at their own substantive issues in a new way. And so I think that that the article does a really good job of talking about uh, that in the context of collaboration as well. It's kind of that that joint communication and, and sharing of ideas in the brainstorming process. Yeah, definitely. Um, number two in the article, so it talks to promoting thoughtful innovation, um, experimentation, which I thought was interesting too, because I think a lot of times when you go down the the pipeline of adding some sort of innovation at your firm or your company, you have a, hopefully have a set team of people that's doing it. But what's kind of cool is that the article talks to allowing you know a larger team to be part of that, but making sure that you actually provide some parameters for 
them so they just don't go hog wild and go crazy. You know, give them a little guidance, but ensure that everybody is kind of in on that process and gets to test everything out. And at the end of the day, most people at your firm are probably not fully trained on, you know, technology, tech innovation, the design process, stuff like that. So leverage the people internally that are, you know, rely on external partners if needed or even train from within. And um, in all honesty, probably using a blend of all those is going to be key to your success here. Sure. And and experimentation kind of in that um, not like white coat laboratory <laughs> setting, but, be fun. but observing the process, observing the experimentation uh, is going to give um, higher up management, executives and, and upper level management an idea uh, as to who your thought leaders are, who are the people out yeah. on the floor who are really the innovators and the problem solvers. And then you're also probably going to see another group that are very adept at the execution process. So not everybody has to be a master problem solver, but together you can identify, you know, where the conceptual people are and who you need to, you know, who you need to leverage and who you really need to encourage to kind of go in that direction. And then who the people are who can take those visions and take those concepts and and make a reality from that and get you from point A to point B. So again, it's the whole collaboration. It's the whole teamwork, but it's really going to open the eyes of the people who are responsible for the entire enterprise as to where your assets are so that you can figure out how to leverage those better going forward. Yeah. And then regardless, too, it's it's a learning lesson for everybody. So even if you're not necessarily involved or you don't have the background needed, you know, it's an opportunity for you to learn. Absolutely. And, and to, to find out where the expertise lies so that you can go to those people exactly. to help refine your skills. It's all about that informal mentoring yeah. and seeking mentoring because, you know, I've worked in enough companies to know that there are people that do very well and are very successful within those companies who maybe don't have an innate set of skills, but they know whom to ask yeah. and that's how they grow. Yeah, they, they that's get how stuff they progress. Done. Yeah, they abso- get stuff absolutely. <laughs> they learn where the secrets are. They may not come in with the secrets, but they will go out with the secrets uh-huh. because they know who to ask, who the experts are, who the mentors are. Exactly. And they get that guidance and then they just blossom. Yeah, that's a good skill set to have. Always needed. Um, And then last in the article was to showcase your successes, but most importantly, your failures too. And I really like this one. I'll keep this short and sweet, but embrace your failures. Use them as a learning lesson. And I think most people, uh, especially the legal industry, failure isn't an option or um, a public failure is not an option. You know, people aren't People are afraid to say, I messed up. I did something wrong. This didn't work. I tried it. It didn't work. But you know what? Like, take that, understand what doesn't work, and use it to help you do what does work. And, you know, next time you go down that route, you've learned from that. You know, hey, I did this last time. This is the exact same situation. This isn't going to work. And use it as a learning lesson for your staff. Absolutely. And from a management perspective, I think that transparency and that credibility, that ability to admit when things don't work sends a strong message that, hey, we tried this. It didn't work. 
you know, um, we're going to learn from it. Um, don't consider your time to have been wasted mm-hmm. because we are going to we are going to mine this experience for every single nugget of value that we can. <laughs> yeah. So be transparent with your losses. Be merciful. Be kind. Spin it in a positive way. Merciful. But a loss doesn't necessarily mean a loss if that make some semblance yeah. of sense. It's not necessarily a net loss. Perhaps it's a setback or you can feel like it's an investment of experience. That there you will go. Pay off in the future. You are good with words. English you're major. A wor- oh, <laughs> you're definitely a word. I like it. Um, you make something like this sound like something, you know, like this way up here. Um, so that being said, I actually really liked what you said about the leadership too, especially if you're in a leadership position. It's even more important because you have so many people looking up for you, up to you, and you're setting kind of like that standard of norm. So if you're working Working for somebody and, you know, they've clearly failed or, or done something that didn't work and they're not willing to admit it, that sets a stage for everybody that works for them. So then no one else is going to feel like they can come forward and admit if there was a failure because their their leader isn't doing That's it. That's right. So. You set the you set the example. You get not clearly you don't want to set an example where everybody <laughs> goes around talking about how many times they've failed. Man, and, guess what I and, messed up yeah. today. Oh, yeah. Man. yeah, I got a new mess up story for you, everybody. Wait, no, no, that's uh, but but still it it just goes to show that, hey, you know, we're not infallible. We make mistakes, um, but we're going to take these mistakes and we are going to learn from them so that we do not repeat them. And we may make other mistakes in the future, but hopefully they'll be different mistakes uh, <laughs> and they, too, will produce something that ultimately is going to lead to success. Preach it, Yale. Preach it. There you go. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Lex Factor Briefs, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.